Hi, welcome. This is Dr. John Martini. This is one of the most amazing and inspiring shows that you can listen into. If you want to be on the edge of your seats, if you want to open up your heart, if you want to expand your mind, and you want to meet incredible people, stay tuned because you're just about to experience a transformative radio show that will change your life. And you're listening to the Dr. Pat Show that's coming up right next. Welcome to the Dr. Pat Show. Talk radio to thrive by. Powerful, inspiring, and coming to you live, bringing you stories of people like you and me, busting through and living life full out. Get ready to dare to wonder what your life would be like if you knew you could not fail. Hey, everybody, welcome. It's so great to have all of you tune us in, turn us on, and thank you for joining us here today. Uh, Nancy Landrum is joining me today. This is a topic. She is an expert in this field. And if there was one thing that we have to learn during this pandemic, during this crisis, is the power of listening and the power of listening with empathy. We are hearing across the board what's happening in families, what's happening in the workplace, what's happening between friends, what's happening between family. And if there was ever a time where this skill we had to learn was at the top of the list, I don't think we've had the, let's just say, awareness or wherewithal to prioritize levels of listening and listening. And Nancy, for those of you that may have heard her, she is a fantastic relationship coach. Her show, Relationship Rehab Show, Recovering Happiness in Your Love and and Beyond Your Everyday Romantic Ability. It's powerful to see her work and what she does to bring people together in a way that builds on the level of love and commitment and connection. And she has been doing this for decades. And she is an expert in this field. But beyond that, Nancy is somebody that has lived through it. So whether you're reading her books or whether you're thinking about anger and what to do with it, this is the person that could help you and could help your family today. One of the most important conversations we could have is the power of listening with empathy. Nancy, great topic. Thank you. I firmly believe that after food and air and water and shelter, the number one emotional need that each of us has is to have at least one person in the world who's willing to listen to us and hear, uh, perceive, see us who we really are. Not necessarily agreement. We don't need people to agree with us, you know, just yes, people around us. We just need people to hear with empathy who we are, what we're thinking, how we feel, what our needs are. It makes all the difference in the world. Yeah. Uh, okay. I, I want to start by just naming the five levels of listening. Yeah. yeah, let's talk about it because, you know, one of the things that I up close and personal have just gone through is trying to explain to a number of doctors and people what it is that's happening, what I need, you know, and this, these five levels, when I looked at this, what I realized is I need to practice these 
not only in hearing, but in communicating. So tell us what these levels are. First, the first level is just ignoring. <laughs> when someone is trying to talk to you, but you ignore what they're saying, what they're not important to you. I can't think of anything that feels more disrespectful than trying to communicate and being ignored. Uh, the second level is pretending to listen, where your mind is on something else, uh, but you're going through the motions, physical motions of acting like you're listening, but you're not really there. Um, that is, it, it doesn't take very long for most people to know that you're not really listening to them. <laughs> it's true. And then the third level is selective listening, where we just hear what we want to hear, or we pick out certain pieces that are being said, but we're not aware of the whole message. So that that tends to lead to a lot of misunderstandings. Often that's when fights get escalated uh, because we hear our partner is angry about this, but they also want to resolve it. Well, all we hear is that they're angry. We don't hear their intention to resolve the problem. And then attentive listening is what we do when we're in a classroom or in a training or where you want to, your intention is to understand every word that is said. Uh, that most frequently happens in training. It happens in business. But the, the level of listening that I'm talking about that can transform a relationship, can transform a person, is listening for the purpose of understanding the other, their point of view. Uh, why they think what they're thinking, why they feel what they're feeling. And it doesn't mean that I need to agree with them, but it's a, a level of listening that requires me to be fully present with that person on all levels. So I'm not just picking up the words they're saying, but I'm noticing their body language, their facial expression, their tone of voice. I'm understanding the feelings going on behind the words that are being said. Uh, just recently, I, I was happened to be coaching a couple and was teaching him this skill. And the partner was repeating back the words that his wife was saying, but he was missing. I'm going to, I'm going to reverse that. The wife was listening to the words that he was saying, but she wasn't picking up on the nonverbal clues. And as hmm. soon as I said, well, the, the thing they were talking about or that he was talking about is how it affects him when they fight, how he feels when they're fighting. Yeah. And she was repeating the words, but she had missed the nonverbal clues. And I said to her, when you look at the nonverbal clues, what do you see on his face? Oh, what, okay. What do you what are you picking up in his tone of voice? And she looked at him for a minute and she wasn't quite getting it. And I said, what I'm hearing is that fighting is desperately painful to him. And he really wants to learn how to stop that pattern between the two of you. Mm. And she was immediately in tears. Yeah. You know, as soon as she recognized that, yeah. her heart had softened toward him. And, you know, she saw the the deep pain that he was in whenever they fought mm. and how, how desperately he wanted to change that pattern. Mm. You know, 
I've gone through these five levels and I wonder uh, what the relationship is to each of them. And, and let's go over them for a minute because, you know, if you're in any one but number five, you have the ability to move to five. Yes, right? absolutely. Uh, right? But this is really interesting about relationships because let's say that, that I have no understanding of this, but you do, right? And you could pick up on, let's say, ignoring. Now, ignoring, let's talk about the range of this. Ignoring could be somebody's multitasking, you know, or they basically leave the room. Yes. I mean, how often does that happen? Yes. Um, and and I, this is my question to you, because most of the time, I think, just like in your example, we don't know the impact. And can you talk about what the impact is and how we get to the place of understanding that even if we listen, it's okay not to agree. Well, let's use a few more examples. Yeah, let's. What does it take to listen with this level of empathy? It takes an adult, not a child. Mm. The child in me wants the focus of attention to be on me. The uh, immature part of me only wants my own way, wants what I want from this relationship. And as long as I'm in that state inside of myself, I'm not capable of listening for the purpose of understanding. I have to set aside my own agenda, including my compulsion to correct the other or to give advice. I have to set aside that. I must listen with the intention to understand where the other person's coming from, their experience, their feelings, their point of view, their needs. And listening to that without getting defensive, you know, without, um, without trying to move them to agree with me, uh, I, it also requires that I refuse to allow my codependent self to take on the burdens of the other. So if they're hurting, I need to listen with deep empathy, but without resist the impulse to dive into the pit of whatever feelings they're expressing myself. Uh, the best way I can explain it is to listen from a deeply caring but neutral place inside. It has great power. Uh, hostage negotiators are trained to listen and repeat back what the criminal is demanding because it calms the situation yeah. down. I have a wonderful example of that. I was doing a teacher training a few years ago. I had eight teachers in the class. I was uh, giving them a new curriculum and teaching them how to teach it. And somewhere in the afternoon, one of the participants just went off on me, uh, said I wasn't doing a good job, that I was acting very arrogantly toward them. You know, she went on for about, I don't know, three or four minutes. And it was interesting to me because this level of listening to calm, to help someone calm down had been such a... Uh, a pattern or a, a skill that had been reinforced in me over time. And I just went to this quiet place inside and began repeating back to her what she was saying. 
So you believe I'm acting arrogantly towards you? Yes. And she'd go on. And you think I haven't done a very good job of training you today? Yes. And she went on. Well, finally, she ran out of things to say. And I just said, I, you know, I deeply apologize if I failed you in some way today. Uh, I did the best I could to prepare, but I may have fallen short of the mark. And I promise I'll take your feedback into consideration in the future. And we went on for the rest of the training. And uh, when we were packing up to leave, she apologized to me. Mm. And on the way home, I was really proud of myself because <laughs> I didn't go into this deep pit of, oh, no, I did a terrible job. I just was uh, kind of checked out in my own mind. Uh, did anything she have to say, was it valid? Do I need, a, need to pay attention to that feedback? Or was she just having a bad day and we missed connections or, or whatever? And then it occurred to me that I'd been teaching this skill to these couples that were going to teach the curriculum. And I thought, what a perfect opportunity for them to learn how it works by watching this happen in a public you know, classroom. So listening, listen, repeating back in a caring, respectful way will calm down someone that's upset. One of my uh, clients, his name is Chris, he had about a nine or a 10-year-old son that would get very easily frustrated. Mm. They were working on homework and the boy got very frustrated and started crying and was complaining. And, and then Chris got frustrated with him and was yelling at him. And Chris remembered what I told him about using this skill to calm down someone that's upset. So he switched. You mentioned a minute ago that anyone on any of those levels yes. switch. Yep. Well, he switched and began to listen with caring, repeating back what his son was saying, complaining about, I'm sorry, <laughs> get rid of the dog here. <laughs> yeah. Um, and Chris began to calm down. I'm going to put the dog out. Well, let's take a short break, everybody, because I love it when our animal friends jump in and want to say something about something so important. Let's take a short break, Benny. And when we come back, what we're going to talk about, first of all, is going to make sure if you want um, this exercise that we show you how to do it. When we come back, we're going to talk about what does it look like it, when you think you are connecting by giving a person an example of what's going on in your life, is that connecting? Is that listening? What is that? Let's take a short break, everybody. We'll be right back. Are you ready to shift your current beliefs about death from debilitating pain and loss? Follow Angie Corbett Kuiper as she shares that through choice, present moment awareness, and keeping an open mind. Anything is possible, even in death. Tune in to Beyond Proof Radio with Angie, redefining death and loss every first Wednesday at 12 p.m. Pacific on TransformationTalkRadio.com. For more, visit BeyondProof.com. Are you ready to put down that drink or drug for good? Are you struggling to maintain your recovery from addictive behaviors? 
Do you need help with a family member or loved one who's in early recovery or battling addiction? Get the help and guidance you need by arranging a recovery recharged phone session with me, Ellen Stewart, Pushy Broad from the Bronx, Certified Life and Recovery Coach. Call 1-800-889-1757. Make an appointment today or go to my website, pushybroadfromthebronx.com and click on the link that says Recovery Recharged. Don't wait. Get the help you need today. This is Ellen Stewart, Pushy Broad from the Bronx on transformationtalkradio.com. Mind to Heart with me, Craig Richardson, carves a pathway from your mind to your heart to activate that innate compass to overcome whatever life sends your way. As an intuitive life coach, I am ready to guide you to an amazing life. Tune in live every second and fourth Friday at 9 a.m. Pacific on TransformationTalkRadio.com. For more information about me, visit CraigERichardson.com. Hi, everyone. I'm Dr. Pat. Hey, are you loving Shades of Spirit Radio? Well, mark your calendars. Shades of Spirit goes live in a new time spot every Wednesday at 5 p.m. Pacific time on TransformationTalkRadio.com. Yeah, you heard that right. Psychic medium genius, Spirit Walker Nicole, 5 p.m. every Wednesday. Live readings, giveaways, oracle cards, and lots of fun. So be there. Call into the show at 1-800-930-2819 and visit ShadesOfSpirit.com. It's time to shake out your money-making truth on Soul Wisdom Abundance with Jennifer Bloom, creating wealth from spiritual health on TransformationTalkRadio.com. This hit show is more than your roadmap to success. It's your compass to abundance through joy and ease. Jennifer Bloom teaches you about the soul's relationship to money and wealth and how improving that relationship serves both you and the world. Learn more at JenniferBloom.com. Hey, everybody, welcome back. And look at if you want some help on this, this is the power of listening with empathy with Nancy Landrum joining me here today. Uh, Nancy, what is the best way for people to work with you find out more? And also, how did they get copies of the exercise we're talking about today? Uh, go to my website, nancylandrum.com. And there's a free download on the homepage that's called communication. Does it connect or distance? Mm -hmm. And there's a list of common methods of communicating that create distance predictably. And then there's instructions for how to listen for the purpose of understanding. Awesome. Thank you for that. And people can work with you directly, just like the couple you mentioned. Yes. Um, yep. This is such an important topic that we don't even know that we're not doing this. So I want to ask you a question around this. And I know you've got an example of it. The question I want to ask you, and let me give you this scenario. We think we're listening and empathizing when you are talking to me about a life event and you're expressing this at a heartfelt way. And what we do is then jump in and say, you know, Nancy, I just went through that myself. I know how you feel. I just went through that. That da 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 happened to me, and this happened to me, and this happened to me. And we think, look at the great job I did. 
Well, that's a very common response. <laughs> and what it does is it takes the focus of attention off of you and onto me and makes it about me, not about you. Mm -hmm. a very funny, now it's funny. <laughs> when my first husband died at the memorial service, a woman I didn't even know came up to me and said, I know how you feel. I just lost my cat. Can you believe it? I just, I was so stunned. My mouth just fell open. Uh, that was so stunning. But uh, another friend, uh, when I was talking to her about grief, in fact, then she began to talk about what she went through when her husband died. And she was a good enough friend that I said, you know, you, you stopped listening and began talking. And people, uh, one of, in, in explaining what those who are in grief, experiencing grief, what they need, they mostly need to talk and be listened to with empathy. They don't need your examples. You know, they don't need you to say, well, this happened to me, so I understand how you feel. Um, one of the best examples of empathy I've ever experienced was, again, shortly, just a few days after my first husband died, and my sister was staying with me, and we sat down to have lunch, and as was our habit in those days, we bowed our heads to say grace, and I could not pray. I just began, oh. I began crying. Mm. And when I finally looked, I mean, I had my head bowed with tears falling on my food. And when I looked up, my sister was just sitting there crying with me. And it, you know, it still touches me to remember how deep the comfort was that she was grieving with me, that she wasn't trying to talk me out of my grief or, you know, tell me it was was going to be okay it looked like the whole world had ended at that particular moment yeah i and want to go back to chris and his yeah please please because we have to learn there's a part of this even in my example and your example we there's a part of this that expresses ego in the forefront and ego in the forefront doesn't allow right and that example i gave was yeah. ego in the forefront and it doesn't mean we're, we're attempting to do harm. I just don't think we know any better. But let's go back to your example. Well, Chris, when he was upset with his son, because his son was upset, he remembered what I'd said about using that listening skill to calm someone down. And so he began, he shifted and began to just repeat back to his son. So you're upset because, or you're having trouble with this homework assignment. It, it's frustrating you. And his son would say yes, and then talk some more. And gradually, the upset level of his son came down and down until finally, he wasn't upset anymore. And he quit crying. And the interesting thing that Chris said about himself is that in that switch to listening to understand, he felt like he became the adult again, rather than the child reacting like a child to a child's upset. Uh, I have a, another client currently who, whose son is 12, I believe, and yeah. he complains about everything. He's unhappy about everything. And he did an exercise that I frequently give parents 
for children, although it works just as good with adults. And it's called Taking Out the Trash. And he just started asking his son, okay, what are you mad about? What else are you mad about? What are you sad about? What else are you sad about? What do you wish would change? What are you afraid of? And then finally they end up with what are you glad about? And he said the first time he did this exercise with his son, his boy just kind of was perfunctory in his answers. But the second and third time he opened up more when he realized he wouldn't get in trouble for saying he was mad because his sister got more attention than he did. Or he was mad because somebody at school was not treating him very well. It was like he got permission to say what he was angry about in the very respectful format. And his dad was willing to listen without giving advice, without judging him, without telling him he was wrong to feel that way. And an interesting thing happened because this kid has had a very, it's been very impossible for him to admit when he's wrong about anything. Well, he did something to hurt his sister last weekend, and um, his dad knew, found out about it, and he just went to the boy and he said, okay, now you tell me what needs to happen next. And this boy said, I guess I need to go apologize. And he had been totally unwilling ever to apologize about anything before. But I, what I said to my client is, you're helping him become emotionally literate. Yeah. You know, so that he, he understands his feelings. He feels safe in expressing his feelings. And he knows that he's not going to be in trouble with you for expressing honest feelings. Mm. I love that story. It's very powerful. Um, we're going to take a short break. When we come back, we're going to talk about the energy of those five levels and how we enact fight or flight, fight or flight. It shows up, you know, are we willing to actually hear, listen and empathize with someone without taking it personally, personally? How yeah. do we do that? How does that communication look and can we get to that neutral place inside? That's what Nancy's going to help us with. We're going to take a short break, everybody. We'll be right back. When you lose a child, you find yourself part of a club that you never chose to join. There is a way to find meaning and joy in your life again. Jen Ripa has created a six-week sacred grief system, helping you let go of grief, heal with compassion, and understand what's available to you in the rest of your life. It can feel scary acknowledging that a part of you wants to move forward because you're not sure how to do it in a way that honors your child. The good news is that when you allow yourself to address your grief in a multisensory way, you can transition from sadness, regret, and hopelessness into a life that gives you peace, joy, and meaning. Jennifer understands with deep compassion how you're feeling because she's been there. For more information about the Sacred Grief Course, visit thriveology.com. That's T-H-R-I-V-O-L-O-G-I-E dot com. Caring for someone with a life-altering diagnosis? You are a care hero. Navigating the unfamiliar options can be overwhelming, but you are not alone. 
Tune in to A Cup of Comfort with me, Trish Lau, twice monthly on Transformation Talk Radio. Let me guide you through your care hero journey by providing actionable information on how to care for a loved one in need. For more information about me, visit trishlaub.com. That's trishlaub, L-A-U-B as in boy, dot com. Did you know that when we talk about the Earth's ecosystems, the most important ecosystem has been left out? You, we created the ecosystem approach to recapture human potential. Find us at theecosystemapproach.org. Join us every Monday at 1 p.m. Pacific Time and 4 p.m. Eastern Time for the Ecosystem Approach Show with Jason and Patricia on TransformationTalkRadio.com. Learn how to lead a happier life on Miles to Go with Brittany Miles. How to lose to gain it all. Join Brittany every second and fourth Wednesday at 1 p.m. Pacific on TransformationTalkRadio.com. Listen as coach and healer Brittany Miles shares stories that teach you about surrender. For more information about Brittany, MilesToGoCoaching.com. Are you ready to shift your life into overdrive and stop wasting your time? If so, then I want to invite you right now to the Body Regeneration Online Academy with me, Tracy L. In a world filled with so much information, you can get overloaded and confused, left feeling like you've tried everything and still no results. If this is you, then this platform is for you to help you step into your power, your intuition, and gain clarity. You will learn simple tools that you can use as you walk down the street, and I will teach you how to grow a stronger connection to the God consciousness. Imagine having me as your coach, shifting you, uplifting you, empowering you every week, and most of all, helping you stay connected so you can navigate your life's journey with ease and grace. Nothing will be able to get in your way. Plus, you will have a community filled with souls just like you to pick you up when you fall down and support you on your wins. No one can go this journey alone. If you are ready for your live activations, check me out at tracylclark.com and join the TLC Body Regeneration Online Academy now. Hey, everybody, welcome back. This is about the power of listening with empathy, Nancy Landrum. For those of you out there, if you want some help on this, uh, first of all, you could work with Nancy and go to her website, nancylandrum.com. But also, if you want to call into the show today or post a comment on Facebook, please go ahead. If you'd like some help in this area, if you find yourself in a situation where you don't know how to express yourself or you're just frustrated about somebody not listening or you're dealing with the same issues over and over and over again, you can give us a call right now live on the show and get some help. 1-800-930-2819. 1-800-930-2819. And, you know, Nancy, people can download the exercise and we're going to talk about that, but there's an exercise that you have and how do they download that? The communication download, the free download is yeah. on the, the homepage of my website. Uh, it's called how do you communicate or does your communicate distance or connect? And communication that connects has to include empathic listening. You know, there's two sides. We have to deliver the message in a way that is non-threatening, that's non-attacking, that the listener needs to listen with empathy. It takes 
those two. I remember I was coaching a couple that had been married for more than 30 years, and they'd been having the same fight for all of that time <laughs> because the woman didn't feel heard. She didn't feel uh, important to her husband, like whatever she had to say or her opinions weren't valued. And when they learned the skill of listening for the purpose of understanding, and he was repeating back to her what she said, she began to cry. She said, this is what I've wanted for over 30 years. You know, just the fact that you can repeat back to me in a caring way, a caring voice, what I just said reassures me that you're hearing me. And that's what I've longed for all these years. It was, it was a major mm. breakthrough for the two of them. Uh, not too long ago, I was coaching a step family, step couple, and the wife was having trouble with his relationship with his first family's children. And I described to them what a relationship triangle is, how one person feels caught between two or more people that they love and want to meet their needs. And I said to him, it must be very painful to feel torn between meeting the needs of your children from your first marriage and meeting the needs of your current wife and your younger children now. And it's like she had never put herself in his position to understand what a wrenching experience that was for him. What he really wanted was he wanted all of his children to be under one roof and a happy little family. Well, usually step families don't work that way. It requires some special strategies in order to make that happen. And they're beginning to learn them. But she had, by listening to me express empathy to him, she was able to, more than she had in the past, put herself in his shoes and understand the pressure he was feeling. Yeah. And, you know, part of this, let's talk about a couple of these, the, the feelings that emerge. You know, I, I think I've heard more often, especially in some of the research I've done, and certainly you've heard this, that people feel invisible, they feel invisible. And it's not just the women that feel invisible. You know, sometimes men feel invisible. They feel like you're spending time with your mother. You call your mother every day. You call your sister. You go out with your girlfriends every day. But this feeling of invisible is really, it's real. Yes. And yet it almost sounds like you don't know what to do to help when somebody feels like that. But there is a solution, right? The solution is, uh, well, first of all, I tell couples they need to have two dates every week. One date is for fun, to remember why they love each other and to have a good time together. But the other date is to have a real conversation where they each have a chance to speak and both of them are practicing listening to understand. This gentleman who was married to the woman for 30 years he did not know how to give her what she needed. He loved her. He wanted to give her what she needed. She didn't know really how to express what she needed, and he didn't know how to give it to her. When, uh, when she would bring up a problem, he thought it was his job to fix it. And Jim taught me that that's frequently what a man thinks when their woman 
brings up some problem, then he should just dive in and fix it. And I finally began to tell Jim, I don't need you to fix everything. I need you to hear me. And when he found out his assignment was just to listen with empathy and care about what I was going through or what I needed, then it took a lot of pressure off of him. He didn't have to fix everything I brought up that I needed to talk about. And you know what's interesting about that, Nancy? And let's really talk about this for a minute. Because even though the fix it doesn't work, there's a level of love, right? Mm -hmm. And somebody may just want things to be peaceful. And they see it as not peaceful. Yes. Or they see it as conflict. Or they see it as, you know, this is something that we can just fix. How do we move a person who is so, "Mm, I fix everything, right? And, you know, we have to look at the people that are fixers in a very open-hearted way. Of course. Because most of the time they're not fixing, you know, because they got nothing better to do. They're trying to help a loved one get out of pain. It, it, um, it soothes my pain if I can suggest something that will soothe your pain. Because it hurts me to see you hurting. So I want to fix it. And I fix it mostly by giving advice which hasn't been asked for. When you give advice that hasn't been requested, you're basically saying, I'm smarter than you. I can figure this out. It's not your job to figure it out or you haven't been able to. Giving advice that hasn't been requested is one of the most disrespectful communication things you can do. Uh, If you've got advice that you think would be valuable, you ask for permission first. But mostly, most... um, upsets can be resolved by simply listening with a caring attitude. I care about what you're feeling. You're hurting. You're feeling frustrated. I'm sorry that that's going on for you. Is there anything I can do that would help? In fact, uh, one, after my son died, uh, about a year later, uh, a couple of friends asked to come over And um, when they came in, they said, just tell us about Steve. And I thought, you're the only person in my world that has given me a chance to just talk about Steve. You know, what was he like as a child? What was it like being his mom? What are you going through now? And all they wanted to do was just let me talk, and they were willing to listen. It still is one of my favorite memories as far as someone who understood how valuable it was to just give a grieving person a chance to talk. We do not appreciate the value of that. Yes. And how can we express today what that feels like? You know, when you said you are the first folks right? I think sometimes, Nancy, we don't know what to do when we see 
tragedy in another's life. You know, we don't know what to say. But how beautiful was that? And what did that feel like for you? It felt so comforting to me. It was, I mean, Steve was my son. I loved him. There were so many wonderful memories with him. And there was so much pain over losing him. And to have these good friends just be willing to sit there and listen and ask caring questions, not probing questions, just caring questions meant so much. They weren't trying to fix it. They weren't trying to make my pain go away. And it would have been, I would have shut it down somehow if that had been their motive. Mm. Uh, I want to be sure to cover, I thought of this after I wrote the outline for this sure. uh, session. My, my younger son, I'm going to call him Paul for okay. the sake of, for his sake. Yep. Um, while my marriage was falling apart and my older son was becoming a drug addict, Paul just kind of put his head down and got himself through high school and got himself a job and enrolled in college and then, you know, went on to build his adult life. But when he hit his 20s, all of a sudden, all of the ways that he had been ignored while I was trying to take care of my marriage and trying to take care of my older son erupted in enormous amount of resentment and anger because basically he, I ignored him. He took care of himself. He wasn't the problem child. And, um, and he was so angry that uh, he pretty much, he made it very obvious. He, he did not want to be around me. Mm. And refused to speak to me for several years. And the first time we got together, he agreed to meet with me and tried to talk about this. I made the classic mistake. I, he was telling me what was causing so much hurt in him. And I responded by explaining what was going on with me during those years. I wanted him to understand where I had been during those years when he had been neglected and he got up and left. Yep. And it took about another year before he was, I, I understood my mistake and I realized I wanted him to be the adult listening to me rather than me being the adult, the parent listening to his pain. And about over the next five years, every once in a while, we would have a phone conversation and he would recall this memory or that memory. And I had to listen with empathy, understanding where he was at that time, how that those circumstances felt to him. He didn't need to hear my excuses. Yeah. You know, he didn't need to hear, he, he, he couldn't at that time understand where I was at the time. He needed me as his mother to understand how I had neglected mm -hmm. him, how ignored he had been. And we, over the next five years, every once in a while, he would open up and we'd have this very deep conversation. And all I could do was listen with empathy. And he had some of his facts wrong and it wasn't the right time to correct him. Mm -hmm. But over those years, as 
as he went into deep sharing about his pain, and I was able finally to listen with deep empathy, our relationship began to heal. Yeah. Until now, we, we have a wonderful relationship yeah. and have had for yeah. the last several years. That's why you're a great coach in this arena, Nancy. That's why you're a great coach. Because um, one of my one of my, my mentors who passed away uh, very, very abruptly, uh, she said to me, Pat, you know, you cannot take a person to a place you haven't gone. You can't do it. It's not, you know, not a place where you can fully know or have a sense of what something's like. And, you know, I got a sense of that. And, and it, because I was trying to, you know, I had an attitude about people that weren't physically well. And then I became oh, physically gosh. not well. Yeah. And so my whole perspective changed. And I, re and I thought to myself, I wish I could take back some of the things I've said, and I ended up making amends for a lot of things. Yeah. But you're a great coach because of what you had learned and then taught others and then how you showed up. And so that's what makes a great coach. That, that's what makes somebody absolutely phenomenal to shorten the curve to help couples engage or even if the couples are not meant to be together right. you get to that place in a loving way um i want to ask you a question because we haven't talked about this but let's talk about this because you brought up your son these things we're talking about are also applicable to friends and family absolutely yeah absolutely yeah i, I have a friend right now who's in her 50s and her son who's in his 20s is blaming his mother for everything wrong in his life and is not treating her very well and is pretty angry with her and all she wants she keeps trying to explain to him why she did this or why she did that or you know she's got this explanation or that explanation and i'm saying to her that's not what he needs you know, that's not going to help. If you want the relationship to heal, you have to be willing to listen to his experience with empathy. And if you are fortunate, then someday that, that wound will gradually heal. And if you're fortunate, someday he'll be able to look at the situation from your point of view. But right now, he's not ready. He yeah. can't hear it. Yeah, yeah. You know, one of the things that we talked, we briefly talked about this in one of the previous shows, and I and I think you you're going to continue to talk about this in upcoming shows because you know what you're doing is relationship rehab, right? right? And there are many forms and many aspects of this. But I will tell you this, since you did bring it up, one of the things that is so important and is not shared enough about twelve step programs is their absolute mentorship in communicating like that. Yeah. You know, you don't go through a fourth and a fifth step and a sixth and seventh without learning some skills so you can sit down and make an amends. Right. You know, and, and that is the process of listening to what the other person's experience is like without yeah. justifying. And it is an excruciating process, but 
the program doesn't talk about it because they have this anonymity. But I will tell you this, there's a skill that, that each of us can learn. And this is so important for us to learn it. Now, look, let's go to the phones. We've got somebody calling in. Um, let's go to the phones. Benny, who do we have? Janine calling in from Seattle. Hi, Janine. Hi, Janine. Hi. How Hello, can we help you today? Um, well, I just wanted to call in. It's been interesting listening to both you and Nancy. Um, one thing that I really resonated with me and something that I've been thinking a lot about, over, especially over this last year, is something you brought up where someone will be talking to me and I will interject with my experience on that same topic. It makes me think of something or, and then I start going and I'm trying to catch myself more and, and not doing that and being present with that person. Um, it's been hard though. Cause you know, I'm a single mm -hmm. mom. I don't see anybody. I don't talk to anybody. So when I do, I'm like very social and I just am excited, excited to talk. So I'm trying to reel myself in. Let's get you some help from Nancy on that. First of all, I admire you for recognizing that's what you're doing and that it doesn't serve the other person very well. And the intention to reel yourself in, it's I kind of uh, those immature impulses to make it about me rather than about you. I kind of um, I use the example of a small child running out into the street. You, you reel that child back in because you don't want the child to be hurt. So when you're talking to a friend, uh, you make it your highest priority to listen to them. And that requires you to be in your adult self, not your immature self to do that. And if you're very fortunate, your friend will learn by example what it means to be listened to at that deep level of empathy and perhaps at a later appointment, a, you know, a later, later interaction, your friend may be able to give you that same level yeah. of listening with empathy. Yeah. It, and, and I notice a lot of the, you know, similar things along the lines of the communication where I feel people are just checked out and they're not even <laughs> listening. <laughs> and um, it's just, it's hard. It's, you know, you think some of these things would be just common sense and they're not. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, I want to encourage you, Janine, to give Nancy a call and talk about it m more deeply because, you know, I agree with Nancy. I mean, I admire your courage for calling in, but I also, I also hear what you were saying about being a single mom and what that might feel like for you and what happens when you're just hungry for connecting, yeah. you know, and, and, and so that to me is, you, you know, that sense of wanting to connect and, you know, then at the same time, being in a place of humility and humbleness to be able to listen and empathize. I, I think when you learn that, or you could work with Nancy on that, I think what you'll find, at least I have found this because I had the same, <laughs> the same thing going on with me at a point in my life. What I found when I learned the skill is my heart opened. Now, how weird is that when you're, you're feeling a little bit lonely or alone and you just want people to connect with, but then yeah. you learn the skill and something happens to your heart. 
and there's a different level of fulfillment. Do you see yeah. what I mean? I do. I really do. I I have, and, call and, Nancy. And, and, you know, I probably do need to call Nancy because I have a 13-year-old, too. And oh. just hearing about some of the examples with the other parents and, and uh, communication. And, um, and, yeah, and just during COVID, it's been a lot harder, oh. you know, oh, man. being together 24-7 yeah. and communication. Oh, I, and, seriously, I believe me, <laughs> you know, this is really the point of why we're doing the show because we want to get you some help. Nancy, what's your phone number? How do people get a hold of you? Oh, Pat, I'm sorry. I, I, I have a business phone number and I don't have it memorized, but okay. it's on my website. The phone number is on my website. You yeah. can email me or, or phone me from that. Is it the 714 number? The 931. 931. Yeah. Okay, so here's the number, 714-931-3910. Perfect. Got that? And you're absolutely right. I mean, I can't even imagine what it's like for you raising a child through these times. I mean, I hear it from my friends. I see, you know, my... um, and I see it in God children and I see it, but the reality is nobody knows what your experience is like, but you and I, I hope you contact Nancy because you are at a pivotal point with your child. And yeah. boy, I think you guys could benefit immensely, Janine. So thank you for calling in today. Yes. Thank you both so much for your time. I appreciate it. Yeah, boy. Ooh, boy, did you hit on something that I'm looking at myself? Thank you, Janine. Wow. Nancy, there's so much here, and you bring so much to the table. Thank you for today. Um, What's your personal message? What do you want to leave us with? My favorite quote is by Mr. Rogers, and it says (laughs) it all. Listening is the beginning of love. It's such a simple little pithy statement, but wow, it's got such depth to say that listening is the beginning of expressing love for you. That's that's deep. (laughs) I love that. Thank you. And people can go to your site, Nancy Landrum, L-A-N-D-R-U-M.com. And there's ways to download things and information. And again, if you want to work with Nancy uh, or you know somebody else that could benefit from Nancy, 714-931-3. Nine one zero. Thank you for a fabulous show today. My privilege. I'm so grateful to have the opportunity to talk about this one particular skill because it is so incredibly powerful. And I'll tell you, uh, I think Janine nailed it. There are so many people that don't even know that they can get some relief by learning this as we go through COVID. Thank you, Nancy Landrum. I'm Dr. Pat, everybody. And I just want to say to all of you, reach out, get some help. Believe me, your life will change.